I was going to start, as our esteemed curate does, by reading a prayer, or saying a prayer. She usually pens them, but I had one, kind of a funny one, but I've lost my sermon and the prayer, so <laughs> I'm going to try, I'm going to try to reconstruct it. It's a prayer very close to my heart that my mother um, shared with me many years ago, and it's funny. So it says, God, I've had a good day so far. You've been good to me. I've not grumbled. I've not sinned. I've not been impatient. I've not um, gotten mad at anybody. But, but good Lord, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to get out of bed. <laughs> and I'm going to need your help, Lord. I'm going to need your help. So, um, so it's even funnier with the text. But anyway, I don't know. It's not attributed to anybody. But um, my, my sainted mother uh, loves that one, too. Um, I, I, I wanted to start with that because it's just joyful. Right? Today is Aloha Sunday. Um, it's when, and it's just, it's, why do we do Aloha Sunday? Because it's fun. That's why. There's no liturgical reason. It's um, a different way, a different spin on, um, you know, Rally Sunday or Homecoming Sunday. A lot of your uh, 1230 colleagues probably still in there eating cookies and fellowship hall. Um, thank you for being here in a timely manner. And, um, and, you know, we, we send out messages and try to get people. And it's especially poignant this year because we haven't been able to do it for so long. Um, and, and actually be in person and have tables um, with the ministries. And it was just really joyful, uh, joyful in there. And, um, and you know... It's kind of a serious Aloha Sunday this year, serious time. I mean, um, even though um, I'm not much of a royal enthusiast, uh, Queen Elizabeth represented, like, this history, you know, and the passing of an era. And so some folks are, are grieving her. Um, today, uh, more close to home for me, because I was in Washington, D.C., um, is the 21st anniversary of 9-11. I could see from my office window the, the smoke billowing up from the Pentagon where many, some of our parishioners worked, and, and we evacuated with, you know, people from all the federal buildings in the White House. It was across the street, and, and it, was, um, it was a scary tragic time, and um, I know at least one parishioner who's a survivor of the, of the towers, and it's always a hard day, and um, then we're still, you know, our office manager has been out this week because he's had COVID, and um, so um, it's just, you know, just a lot, it's a lot, so um, you know, but we still have to get, we still have to tap into our ability to find joy and even to have fun. Or we'll get like the scribes and the Pharisees in the gospel today who just were grumbling and mad because Jesus was eating with tax collectors and sinners and he should not have been doing that according to them, right? 
So getting back to um, kind of the serious time and Queen Elizabeth, at, at a lot of the funerals that I have the privilege to provide here, which are really in the Episcopal Church known as services of resurrection, because we're, we're proclaiming that those who die are in eternal resurrection with Christ. And um, I often, almost always, as a matter of fact, quote uh, a phrase that's attributed to Queen Elizabeth. And that phrase is, grief is the price you pay for love. Grief is the price you pay for love. And so for those who are grieving the, the passing of an icon, or someone you saw as a grandmother, um, or a woman who defied expectations, or for those who are grieving this 21st anniversary of 9-11, those who are grieving the lives lost in war after 9-11, um, those of you, all of us, who are probably still grieving a friend, a family member, um, a, a community member, who uh, one of the million-plus beautiful souls who have died in the COVID pandemic, you know, those, all of us who are grieving for whatever reason, we grieve because we have had the capacity to love. We grieve because we love. And God grieves with us, and God's love gives us strength and capacity to, to, to bear that grief and to continue loving, not to bubble wrap ourselves uh, as we walk in this world so that nothing touches us and that we you know, don't feel anything, but we continue to risk that pain of grief because living in love is the only way to live. We mourn because we love. So what would our lives be like without any love? I mean, it would be just no life at all. And I don't really think it's possible because I think the gospel today tells us that the good news is that even when you feel unloved, unlovable, isolated, God's love is gonna find you. Not in a stopping kind of way, but in a way to embrace if you will be open to it to embrace you in your grief, embrace you in your isolation, embrace you in your pain. God is going to find you. God's love is going to find you wherever you have wandered off like a lost sheep. God's love is going to find you wherever you have rolled into or rolled under or whatever corner you find yourself in like that lost coin. God's love is going to find you wherever you are grumbling and complaining, even with cause. God's love is going to find you wherever you are grieving and offer you more divine love. 
Because God's love is infinite, unconditional, eternal. It's not easy. One of the reasons we want to protect ourselves from accepting that love, it's not only to, to, to protect ourselves against grief, it's because God does, when we accept God's love, we're motivated to share that love. However we can, because, because we know how important and healing it is. Whether we can share it in tea, teaspoonfuls or by the bucket load. If we really accept God's love, we are moved to share it. And that is also really dang hard. So I've shared this story a couple of times, I'm sure. But you're going to hear it a few more times. <laughs> But when I, I was at St. John Lafayette Square on 9-11, and we were in the middle of a service of resurrection um, when we heard the news, and people had to start evacuating, and we had to wait. I mean, it was just a crazy time. And, you know, I'd like, we walked home from there. Cause it, it, anyway, the next Sunday, we had a form of the prayers of the people in our prayer book that actually named loving your enemy, praying for your enemy. And it, it was a prayer, and the prayers of the people that specifically names that. And the woman who was assigned to read the prayers of the people, really fabulous, faithful, wonderful woman, was having a hard time with that. And in, in the face of this tragedy, she was just like, too soon. I may get there, but I'm not ready to pray for our enemies. And the rector there, Luis Leon, he said, that's what we do as Christians. And so she, she did read that. And it was hard. But that's, a, that's, that's one of the things that we're called to do when we follow Christ Jesus and try to be half-decent Christians not standing over grumbling at Jesus hanging out with those that we don't care for and not wanting the same destruction on our enemies even when they have brought significant, unbearable pain to us. So, a serious Aloha Sunday, right? But what I really like about the scriptures today Another thing I really like about the scriptures today is that they go from like desolation and destruction in Jeremiah to, you know, Jesus just saying, yeah, life is maybe not fair, life is hard, but we are to rejoice and have joy in it no matter what. So Jeremiah, go back and read that again, that it, it, it gives us this picture of desolation, which it's like he's talking into uh, the climate crisis that we're in right now. And, and it's just amazing. It's, it's easy to, to despair. And while Jesus is not saying don't take things seriously, Jesus is saying, I think in one little part of what Jesus may be saying is, we can't take joy out of the equation of our lives, even when we're doing serious things. 
We need to find ways to celebrate with each other, to be humane with each other. Jesus is also speaking to the present times when he says, be extravagant with your joy and grace wherever you, whenever and wherever you have the chance. So a sheep is found. Don't yell at it. Don't judge it. Don't be like, you shouldn't have wandered away. It was, you know, first of all, they're like dogs and they don't understand you, right? All they hear is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or wah, wah, wah. Like the kids in Charlie Brown. Um, a coin is found. Spend it on a party for your community before you lose it again. Right? Don't tuck it away. Don't be extra careful. Spend it with joy for your community before you lose it again. These times that we live in are, like many times, serious grumbling times. But I like to think of St. Paul when he said, listen, you know how humble St. Paul is, right? So he's like, I am a sinner. These are all the things I did. But if I'm a sinner, I'm the foremost sinner. I'm the best sinner that there is. Uh, and he was pretty bad. I mean, he was a murderer. Um, he was pretty bad. But he's, he's the worst sinner that there was says, if God can use me, there's hope for everyone. So I forgive him for being a little arrogant. <laughs> if God can use me, there is hope for everyone. So the service at St. Paul's in London around the Queen's Demand, it was so, so elegant. Like the height of the Anglican elegance. And here we are. Aloha Sunday, not quite so elegant, <laughs> but joyful. Just tacky enough to let joy in, but not so tacky that, well, it's tacky. Okay. <laughs> I inherited this 15 years ago, and over time I just, I just learned to love it from uh, and how it helps us just have a little fun in church and keeps us from making a solemn idol out of, out of our worship. Keeps our sense of humor sparked. Even in hard times, we can and must rejoice in each other. Right, one more story to tell. And I have to really be able to tell how this is there was a, a, a mystical priest in El Salvador, and he was um, from Spain, um, Catalonia, right? And he, he, he was uh, in recovery, so he didn't drink. But he had a, a real funny um, sense of humor, and he liked to be a little, just a, like, he just liked to make people, surprise people out of their, their assumptions or their whatever. And so, didn't really make a big, like, deal. They tried to hide their vices, right? A little bit more, and that's not the part I would say. And so, um, you know, people didn't really like priests 
and the dog would kind of get lost in corners, you know. And so Padre Luis, especially when there was a new person who'd never been to church before, um, they would walk up and he, you know, um, they'd be about to introduce themselves, and then he would be like, tequila, 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 tequila.